give our attention now to the reading of God's holy, inspired, and inerrant word. John chapter 10, verses 11 through 30. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and he's insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? At that time, the feast of dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God remains forever. Amen, let's pray. Oh God, thank you for your word. Thank you for preserving it for us through the ages that we might have it this morning. It's been read in a language that we understand and we ask now for more than just physical understanding. We pray that you would open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things. By your spirit, would you teach us and train us and rebuke us, Lord, Test us, try us, encourage us, comfort us. Father, help us to be more like Jesus. Help us to live as he lived and to love as he loved. Father, encourage your people through the preaching of the word. Help me, your servant, protect me from error. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O God. You are my rock and my redeemer. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In 2004, the people of South Island, New Zealand, finally caught their most wanted fugitive. For six years, this fugitive had wandered the island, hid out in caves, and successfully evaded those who had pursued him. And when he was finally caught, he was unrecognizable. The years on the run had taken their toll upon him, so much so that he was given his now infamous nickname, 
Shrek. Shrek the sheep. Shrek really was a sheep. I'm not talking about the animated character. He wasn't found playing a saxophone. He really was a sheep, a merino sheep to be exact, bred to be sheared yearly for his constantly growing wool. He had cleverly escaped his enclosure and was now a living spectacle. He carried on himself a six year burden of wool that made him look more like a creature of folklore than the cute little furry sheep we've come to adore. Shrek was such a mess that people from all over the world watched live on television as a shearer skillfully removed nearly 60 pounds of wool from his little body. I can't verify this, but I saw that that's enough wool to make suits for 20 large men. When Shrek the sheep was finally captured, he needed more than a haircut. He was in need of a shepherd. Left to his own, his woolly burden would have continued to grow and grow and grow until he would no longer be able to sustain even his own life. Shrek was in desperate need of a shepherd. We are a lot like Shrek, the sheep. We've become quite good at wandering through this life while trying to carry around our own cumbersome and heavy burdens. If you're like me, you'd rather hide out in dark caves of loneliness and despair and altogether ignore the voice of our own shepherd, our shepherd who calls us home to safety, calls us home to come to him and lay our burdens at his feet. And while the safest place in the world for us to be is in his pasture, under his care, we've convinced ourselves that we're better off, we're happier in a pasture of our own making. If you're like me, you're a lot like Shrek, the sheep. In our passage this morning, the Lord Jesus is calling out He's calling out to a wondering and rebellious people. And he's telling them that he is the shepherd that can rescue them from their cumbersome and their heavy burdens. Using language that would have been very familiar to those in the original audience, those listening to him at that time. With five words, five words repeated twice here in this passage. With five words, he presents himself as the fulfillment of God's promises to his people in the Old Testament. If you look, you'll see it there in verse 11. Five words. I am the good shepherd. And again in verse 14. The good shepherd. I am. Jesus is God in the flesh He's the second person of the divine trinity, the eternal son of God, the covenant keeping God who identifies himself to his people as I am, Yahweh, Jehovah. He's the great I am. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to his people in Ezekiel 34, 
Some of you may be familiar with that. God had told his people, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I will sit over them one shepherd. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. Jesus is fulfilling that text. Jesus is also the very presence of the shepherd Lord of Psalm 23, that beloved Psalm of the Christian faith, the one who leads us and restores us, comforts and satisfies us, his people. Jesus is the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd, I am. And the good shepherd has a word for his sheep. He has a word for sheep like me, for those like all of us who are a naturally wondering and rebellious people, those who are prone to leave our God for the sinful pleasures of this world and the false promises of freedom by living on our own terms. Here in John 10, the good shepherd is calling out to people like us. And what's he saying? What is he saying? Well, first he says that he knows his sheep. The good shepherd knows his sheep. He says this twice in our passage. If you look there in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Look again in verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You know, in Jesus's day, it was common for multiple shepherds to gather their respective flocks to, at the end of the day. There could be three, five, maybe more shepherds out with each of their flocks and they would gather them all and put them into a sheepfold, into a walled enclosure. All those sheep mixed together into that sheepfold. During the night, the mixing continued. The sheep just had a party, I guess. And in the morning, what needs to happen? The shepherds need to separate them and go on their own way, one this way, one the other, and so on. Now, that seems like a daunting task, but it was actually incredibly simple. All a shepherd had to do is speak a word, maybe whistle, make a call. I won't practice any of them now. Whatever he did, you know what would happen? His sheep and only his sheep would come out and follow him. And then the next would make their call and his sheep would follow him. The sheep knew their shepherd. They knew his voice and they followed him. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Jesus has his flock. He knows his sheep and his sheep, they hear his voice. And what do they do? They follow him. There's great comfort, great comfort that comes with knowing another person, maybe more being known by them. I'm blessed to be the father of two children. My wife, Megan, and I, we gave them names, Abigail and Benjamin. And since the days of their births, we've delighted in getting to know them and knowing them better and in calling them by name. Sometimes we use their full names. You know what? I also remember the first time they called my name. What joy 
filled and overflowed from my heart to have them look at me with their sweet voices and say, dad, dada, daddy, father, papa. It's a joy that continues even today. Even when they say it over and over again, it's a joy to know that they call me father, that I'm their dad. Listen, there's even greater comfort in knowing that the good shepherd knows you. He not only knows your name, but he knows everything about you, everything. From the greatest to the least from the most obvious to what you think is the most hidden. He knows it all. He created you and he knows you. In fact, your shepherd knows you even better than you know yourself. He knows your every need, your every secret, your every tendency, desire, your every hope, your every longing, your every flaw, your every failing, your every sin, your every passion, He knows all of it. The question is, do you know him? Do you know him? In all your wondering and rebellion, have you heard his voice? The good shepherd knows his sheep and his sheep know him. They hear his voice and they follow him. I think a question all of us need to come face to face with this morning is, Do we hear his voice? Do we hear him calling out to us? Do you hear him calling out to you? The good shepherd knows his sheep, but he's also saying something else. That's not all he's saying in this passage. He's also saying that he protects his sheep. He knows his sheep, but the good shepherd protects his sheep. He makes this clear. He says it four times. Four times. Verses 11 15, 17, and 18. We must pay attention when we see this. What does he say? I lay down my life for the sheep. In verses 12 and 13, Jesus separates himself from what is called the hired hand. Who's the hired hand? It's the one whose only interest in the sheep is his own well-being, his paycheck, You see, if the hired hand's well-being is at risk, say a wolf comes to devour the flock, he's in danger too. So what's he gonna do? He's gonna run away. He'll leave the flock, leave them to be slaughtered. But Jesus says, I'm not a hired hand. He's the good shepherd who lays down his very life for his sheep. He's not the hired hand. He's willing to die so that his sheep may live. And listen, not only is he willing to do this, what he's saying here is he's actually planning to do it. He's not just willing to do it, he came to do it. He doesn't present this as some type of hypothetical situation here. He clearly says, this authority has been given to me by the father. I lay down my life for the sheep and I take it up again we hear that and we think, hey, you know what? When a shepherd dies for his sheep, that's noble and all, but what happens to the sheep? 
Now the sheep are all alone. The sheep are left to fend for themselves. Now they're gonna live in darkness. But Jesus, as the good shepherd of the sheep and their souls, knows that they're already living in darkness. He knows that even though the wolf may not be right there, they're already in mortal danger. Though they may not be able to see him, the wolf is in their midst. And Jesus is saying that he must lay down his life for them so that they can be rescued from the darkness and danger that they're already living in. You know, this is true for us as well, is it not? Are we not also living in clear and present danger? I mean, if current events teach us nothing, they should teach us that evil is everywhere around us. That though, yes, we see glimpses of goodness in this world, that goodness is often obscured or or hidden, at times even obliterated as sin and sinners wreak havoc on our world. And if we're truly honest with ourselves, and I'm gonna ask you to be truly honest with yourself, we come to see that the same evil that is everywhere around us is also within us. It's inside us. We come to see that the clear and present danger is not just out there, but it's in here. We need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. The good shepherd wants us to know that he is that shepherd. He's the one who protects his sheep. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured death. He died there at the cross of Calvary. He willingly laid down his life for his sheep so that what? So that they could live, so that they could have life, abundant life in and through him. Jesus protects his sheep by giving up his life for them. But still, but still there's more here. The good shepherd wants us to know even more than this. The good shepherd wants you to know that you're not only protected in the here and now, you're not only protected when he's physically present, but you're protected here and for all eternity. Every day of your life, the good shepherd protects his sheep. That's the last thing I want us to see from this text this morning. The good shepherd keeps his sheep. I know I've told some of you this before, so bear with me. But when I was a child, maybe my son's age, nine or 10, I had a collection of baseball cards that were very dear to me. Yes, most of them were St. Louis Cardinals, old and new. But these were dear baseball cards and I loved them a lot. And I wanted to keep villains like my brother from getting them and putting them in my bicycle tires with the other ones and in his own. I wanted to keep these because they were precious to me. So I did what a not very gifted engineer minded child would do at age nine or 10. I took these cards and I wrapped them in a rubber band and I put them inside of a shoebox. So cardboard cards inside of a cardboard shoebox. And you know what I did with it? I dug a hole and buried it in the yard. I was proud of my hole. I was proud of that. I covered them up in 
I don't remember how long it was later, but you know what happened between then and when I went to get him out? It rained and rained and rained. So the day come where I wanted to get them out and I dug that hole up. I had marked it so I knew exactly where it was. And You're already laughing, so you know what I found. A mess, an absolute mess. Those things that were precious to me were now just garbage. I didn't know how to keep those baseball cards safe. I didn't know how to keep that which was precious to me safe. Well, unlike me, Jesus knows how to keep his sheep. Jesus knows how to keep his sheep. Notice that although he says that he lays down his life for them, he also says in verses 17 and 18 that he has the authority to take up his life again. What does that mean? What is he talking about? He's talking about his resurrection that glorious reality we're celebrating today. And not just at Easter, but every time we get together to worship, we celebrate the resurrection. We celebrate the good shepherd that not only gave his life for the sheep, but the shepherd who conquered sin and conquered death by rising again in victorious triumph. You see, he's not just our good shepherd. He's our resurrected Shepherd, our resurrected shepherd. This means that he not only knows his sheep in this life, it means that he not only protects his sheep in this life, it means that he knows his sheep and he protects them for all eternity. Is this not what he says in verses 28 and 29? Would you look there with me again? Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. Our good resurrected shepherd knows his sheep and he knows how to keep them to the very end. We are eternally safe, eternally secure in him. Nothing, nothing can separate us from his love. And because he's one with the father, Nothing can separate us from the Father's love. Like my collection of baseball cards, we might be put in a box and laid to rest one day in the ground. It's appointed unto man, but what? That he should die. We will all face that. But listen, just as Jesus rose again in triumph, we too will also rise in triumph. We will not be abandoned to the grave, cast aside as garbage. We're not left to wonder what will happen to us in this life or in the life to come. If we hear the voice of the good shepherd and we follow him, we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are safe and secure in him now and for all eternity. We belong to him and he keeps his own. He loses none of his sheep, none. He loses none. For those of us who know the good shepherd, this is the exact reminder that we need. 
because of our ongoing battle with sin and the flesh in this life, it's all too easy to try and run from our good shepherd. It's all too easy to try to carry our burdens and our sorrows and our struggles on our own backs and to do it according to our own terms and to do it in the false security of our own counterfeit pasture. As foolish as it may be, we often pretend to be like Shrek, the sheep. But that sheep, just like each and every sheep, needs more than a haircut. Sheep need a shepherd. We need our resurrected shepherd. So Christian, those of you who are followers of Jesus Christ, let me ask you this. What burden, what sin, what sorrow, what fear, what unfulfilled hope, what broken relationship, whatever it is, what do you need to lay at the feet of your good shepherd this morning? What are you carrying around on your own, in your own strength, trying to save yourselves. You might as well make a rope out of sand and try to lasso the moon. You can't. Come to Jesus. Let him take up his shears to lighten your load and remind you, as he has done in this text this morning, that you are known and you are protected and you are kept eternally secure. Hear this, the good shepherd lived and died and rose again for you. Followers of Jesus, you need to hear the gospel too. We need to be reminded of that again and again. He lived and he died and he rose again for you. He's always with you, as Psalm 23 reminds us. Because of him, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. But perhaps you're here this morning and you don't know the good shepherd. You were invited here, you came here, you saw an ad on Facebook, whatever brought you here, but you're not a Christian. Maybe you've been coming to the church a long time and you don't know the good shepherd. You know about him, but you don't know him. He knows you. So I'll ask what I've already asked this morning. Is he calling you? Do you hear his voice? I'm not talking about an audible voice that breaks through. Is the spirit moving in your heart? Do you feel the weight of your sin and conviction of your sin? Do you wanna be set free? Then hear God's word. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So friend, if that's you this morning, do not delay. Do not delay. Come and find me after the service. May today be a day of salvation for you. May we all be reminded as well that we have a good and resurrected shepherd. Amen and amen. Would you grab your bulletins?